who we are and what we do are two independent things. From the outside, everything looked amazing. So I had a bunch of awards and all these things were good and everyone was going, you've made it, you've done it, you must be so happy. And on the inside, I'm thinking I'm dying. And so I think we steal opportunity from ourselves to become more of ourselves and, and develop more of our potential by going around acting as if we already know the outcome before we even engage openly. You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Hey, it's Oliver. I hope you're well and enjoying your day wherever you are. It's been what a whirlwind of a year. I can't believe we are already in April. It's just flying by so, so fast. It's been a year of... Uh, so far for me, just a deepening level of self-awareness and self-reflection and kind of reimagining how it is that I want to proceed when it comes to sharing and growing and serving more. Uh, most notably, it was the Vipassana silent meditation retreat that I went to in January, which I found incredibly transformative and I feel like I'm still experiencing the after effects uh, with all the things that I came away with from that experience as well. Recently, I just completed my one last talk, which is a book and an idea, a process, a tool that was created by Philip McKernan, who's a past guest and someone who I've done some work with. And one last talk is essentially, if you're about to leave this planet, what would you say and who would you say it to? So it's not like this preaching or teaching or telling people what to do, but really digging deep and sharing a message of your own truth, your own personal experiences. And um, I feel like just completely exhausted from that. Uh, it was about a month anticipating it and also holding space uh, in, in this vulnerable place of exploring, you know, old emotions and old experiences and kind of reliving some things that I find very challenging uh, areas of my life that I don't even want to look at about myself, things that I'm ashamed of. And man, it was uh, such an experience to speak with four other incredible human beings sharing their one last talk in front of a sold out crowd of 80 people who were there to hold space for us and uh, welcome us with open arms and a lot of warmth and people you know we just went on stage and we just left it there we just shared what we needed to share and i found it to be just super empowering and uh, if you haven't had a chance to uh, find out who Philip McKernan is. Definitely check out the episode, the interview that I did with him. I know he's he did just a really epic interview on London Real as well, which I list. I highly recommend. Um, but definitely get the book. One last talk. It just it's so profound. The process is very very clear, step by step. There's examples of people's one last talks in there. The reason why he created it and all that. But um, overall, go through the process, find out what your one last talk is for yourself. Uh, you'll be just, you'll, you'll amaze yourself with the level of depth and emotion and power that you'll be able to access just from going through it. A um, couple quick announcements. I have a new monthly session that I'm doing and I'm looking for maybe 20, 10, 20, 30 people to come meet uh, in Oakville 
Ontario that's just 30 minutes west of Toronto called Art of Being. So the next one is happening on Sunday, April 28th, and it's going to be 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The last one was just beautiful. We had uh, just a really open conversation working on uh, things around uh, anxiety and personal challenges and grief and loss and getting a handle and an understanding of both sides of ourselves, our survival mechanism, the darker, lower self, as well as uh, understanding and getting clear on our higher selves, our best selves, our essence. And um, uh, I'm looking for this to be a conversation that we uh, begin to open up people's ideas of how to think. You know, that that was the feedback that we got from uh, one of the attendees. She said, you know, the biggest thing was this conversation just helped me think of new ways how to think. And if, if anything, I think that is that is a huge breakthrough to me because I feel like we are all uh, maxed out in what we can think. You know, there's this whole idea of thinking for yourself. But if you don't get a handle or you don't gain visibility in the context of in which you can think, like what can you actually think? If you don't get clear on that, it's going to be very challenging for you to think for yourself. So ultimately, Art of Being is for you if you are, you've mastered doing, you're an overachiever and you're super goal-oriented and yet you realize there's just something that's still missing. There's a sense of satisfaction, completion and fulfillment that is missing and you know that it's available to you. You know that it's available in the present moment and perhaps it's just some insights and some wisdom and some conversation that will open up the clarity for you for you to be able to see it and shift your perspective and begin coming from that place. As well, my next reinvention roadmap is happening June 1st and 2nd. This is a two-day workshop experience. I had one of my clients asking me about it. And uh, my, my honest truth with it is I feel like it is the best work I have ever put together. Um, for a long time, I hesitated putting a step-by-step process together in the work that I do. I found it would... I thought it would invalidate it or it would demean it in a way, but I realized um, if I'm going to be the proper uh, custodian, caretaker for the work that I do, which is you know helping people uncover the power and possibility in who they are right now as they are, um, I'm you know I, I need to create a way where it's you know it's digestible and it's methodical and it makes sense, and I found that creating this ten step process through reinvention roadmap, we can uncover um, the the ways in which we think and the ways in which we are being that actually prevent us from exactly what it is that we want, which to me and what I see from my coaching practice is wholeness, completion, satisfaction, fulfillment in the here and now and not chasing and waiting for some tomorrow for it so reinvention roadmap is coming up june 1st june 2nd you can go to reinventionroadmap.ca for the tickets and the details art of ba you can find that on my website olivermanalise.com you can find the link there in the events and uh as well we are now on spotify so it took me some time to figure out how to get my uh, soundcloud feed into spotify so now we, we i believe we are all over the place so please make sure to share your favorite episodes uh with the people that you care about whether it's uh apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google play soundcloud um we are now available all over the place 
So today's guest, Kelsey Ramsden. I'm super excited to share with you my conversation with Kelsey. She wrote a book called Success Hangover, and I literally, uh, in preparation for the interview, I devoured it within about three days of receiving it from Amazon. And I'm really all about this success hangover. You know, there's the people that I talk to um, in, in my coaching practice have achieved a level of success in their life and in their business. They've checked a lot of boxes, and yet there's still that sense that, you know, something's missing or making it really wasn't it. And I think, you know, that's that's part of what drew me towards having this conversation with Kelsey. If you don't know who she is, she is, uh, she is an award-winning entrepreneur. She is somebody who helps driven leaders future-proof their business and survive their success. I really like that, survive their success. You can find information about her at successhangover.com where you can find her book as well as you could find out about her, her coaching, her consulting, her speaking at her, uh, on her website, kelseyramsden.com. Um, on the show, we talk about a lot of different things, but you know, I, I want you I want to get into the episode. But essentially, we talk about how we hide from who we are with what we do. You know how we identify with what we do so much. We're so attached to that in our society. Um, that is actually a great place to hide uh, from who we truly are deep down inside. She has this great mind reading trick that she does. So I hope you uh, stick around for that where literally it doesn't matter where you're listening to this and when uh, she can read your mind. I promise you that the value of personal experiences versus what you can learn and acquire, uh, why success is not a thing. It's actually a feeling and how to avoid overthrowing yourself among so many other powerful insights and wisdom. She is somebody who's really done it. Kelsey has built multi-million dollar companies. She has spe- she's spoken on stages to thousands and thousands of people. She has advised highly successful, high performers, and her perspective is definitely, definitely needed, and this conversation is definitely, definitely needed. So without further ado, I'm excited to share with you my conversation with Kelsey Ramsden. Thank you for tuning in to the Oliver Manalise show. My name is Oliver Manalise, and I'm very, very grateful to have the wonderful Kelsey Ramsden on the show. And if you don't know who she is, she is the author of Success Hangover, Ignite Your Next Act, Screw Your Status Quo, Feel Alive Again. Alive, I really love that. If you don't know about her incredible career, she's a successful entrepreneur. She's a top female entrepreneur, has won that award twice. Um, she is a an international speaker. She's the host of Future Proofing podcast. She's a cancer survivor. She's a mother, and I could literally go on and on and on. But if you know anything about Kelsey, or if you've read her book, she's a fan of very unique ways of introducing yourself, <laughs> doing things a little unorthodox. So, Kelsey, if you would, I would love to hear what you how you would introduce yourself based on that that premise which i really love because it's always like what do you do and where do you live and and uh what degree do you have and what training do you have so there, there's a great great section in the book where you go deep into that but i would love to hear um how you would introduce yourself today awesome and hello thank you for having me here yeah so the introduction thing uh, so i would say i'm kelsey ramsden a creator who deeply values intimate connection and that sounds weird, right? Um, so people, people, so here's the thing. 
if you're listening out of the gates, I think you will or will not know if today's episode is for you because uh, I don't, I think that who we are and what we do are two independent things. And I think that in our lives, we have interconnected these things so tightly that whenever we do something not great, we feel like we're a bad person. Whenever we're killing it, we feel like we're amazing. And and frankly, so I yeah, I have lots of awards and, and I've checked the boxes like around money and success and whatever the case may be. Uh, but I feel terrible every odd day, just like the rest of people. Hmm. And I feel great every odd day. And so I think part of the challenge with identifying with what you do is that if you ever aren't doing that really well, you can feel terrible about yourself pretty easily. Yeah. And if you ever want to change what you do, heaven forbid, well, then we have a crisis not only of confidence, but of understanding who we are. And I think so many of us fall into this category of very kind of uh, prescriptive places in our lives. So we finish high school or undergrad, like, who are we? What are we doing? We do the first level, we get the job we thought we wanted. Oh my God, this is either, you know, terrible or but who, who am I? What am I doing? You know, and we insert these things in different places. So without knowing who you actually are, like what is it that you can apply, no matter where you go and what you choose to do, I think most people find themselves kind of stuck in this circular reference of, is this it? Who am I? What's next? Hmm. And you, you talk a lot about how we're constantly evolving and changing. You talk about... Um, your next act, act often. So I can see based on what you're saying, like if we get kind of attached to this is what I do or this is it, um, at some point we might end up outgrowing it or that might start withering away. And this whole idea of future-proofing that you share, which I would love for you to elaborate, I think really supports the kind of acceptance of, okay, who am I? Like who are you as opposed to, just what do you do and, and kind of attaching your identity f with, with what it is that you're doing? Because that can pass away. That can have a, a, a final page. Like you can close that chapter and then then what? Then who are you once you're well, not is, your think, job? And I mean, this is, I think, a, a large problem of what's happening. So we have two forces going together, right? One is we're all valued by what it is that we do. So, hi, I'm Kelsey Ramsden, insert you know, great accolade or important thing here. Uh, you're all of our hosts of a podcast, Success, right? That's the first thing we ask when we meet people. What do you do? I'm an account number one. Okay, so that's that's fine. So let's just say that now that's who I believe I am because that's who I keep telling everyone I am. And um, But I decided I wanted to do that when I was 15, 20 something. I'm, I'm 42 years old myself. So, so you spend a lot of time being that person, identifying as that thing. And, and, and so that's one kind of social thing that's going on. The second thing that's colliding with that is the fact that as technology changes and things speed up, the, the runtime of each career that we have is now abbreviated. Hmm. So I'm not going to be an accountant with KPMG for more than probably four years, maybe six. Whereas in the old days, I'd be an account with KPMG for 35 years and retire happily. So the challenge with that is we bump up against all these kind of walls of who am I so much more often. But because we've hidden out behind this 
facade of I'm an accountant or I'm a writer or I'm a something, when we hit that wall of what's the next thing, most people unravel entirely because they don't know really actually who they are at the root of a thing that they can carry across from accounting to, you know, product development, from product development to writer, from writer to and so that's when I say I'm a creator who values intimate connection. Look, I build roads, bridges, dams, airports. I write books. I host podcasts, travel around the world speaking. And the only unifying thing across all those things that I have always been since I was five years old was a creator. I like to make stuff. And that's your it. first page, which I really, really, I, I resonated with that so much. You know, like you've been you since you were you. Have you not? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? But we overlay all this stuff to protect us, right? It makes us better people. It makes us more important or more well understood or easier to categorize for the person we introduce ourselves to, which is lovely. But it it's almost like a, a, a mirror of a shield. We hide ourselves away from who we are over time. And sometimes it's really hard to get back to that place of understanding who am I? So then, therefore, what shall I do next? So a lot of people spend a lot of time searching mm-hmm. and feeling terrible about it. I know um, experience is something that you you really stress in your book, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like valuing experience over knowledge. And I, I really I love that because knowledge is very intellectual, and you can get something intellectually, but when you our experience or you have an experience, there's almost like another level of knowing there. And I would love to know the, the experience that you had to kind of get this insight that you're sharing about who you are versus what, what it is you do. So, um, I was never really great at school. That wasn't my thing. I, I did okay. It was like the C minus, Occasional B plus if my parents were really cross with me, student. And uh, and so I went along, you know, for a long time thinking I wasn't that great academically. But somehow I kept, you know, being at the top of various things or getting a job or doing this. And I'm thinking, how is it that all the boxes that we check in kind of normal ascension keep telling me I'm poor to mediocre, but when I go out and perform a thing, I'm good to great. Like, what's the, why is this not working? So I spent a long time, actually, in this kind of conundrum of, like, I, you know, believing I was terrible, but performing really well, but still having this underlying belief of not being really great. And so uh, I hit this kind of this crisis at one point in my career where, from the outside, everything looked amazing. So I had a bunch of awards and all these things were good and everyone was going, you've made it, you've done it, you must be so happy. And on the inside, I'm thinking I'm dying. I still feel like that person who everyone, like I'm tricking them, right? Everyone sees this amazing thing, but I don't feel great on the inside. What is this disconnect? What, you know? And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. So I'm going to, I'll figure it out with you live here and I'll figure it out for everyone who's listening. Cool. You want to do something weird? Absolutely. I love weird. Okay, so let's weird it out. So so I'm going to do this for everyone in the same way that I kind of had my own epiphany. 
because uh, there's a way that our minds work that are very specific. And this is what helped me unlock and understand that difference between being a, being a you know, smart hoop jumping monkey uh, and, and or not being one at school and, and then performing well in the world and that not feeling enough thing. So here we go. I'm going to ask you two questions and everyone who's listening can play along. Uh, you're not going to answer them out loud. I'm going to ask two questions. You're going to answer them in your head. You're just going to answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. And I'm going to read your mind. I'll tell you what you thought. Cool? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, okay let's do it. So uh, the first thing I want you to think about is something specific that you know. Something you know really well. Something specific. Got it? Got it. Cool. So the second thing I want you to think about uh, something specific, a memory, something you remember. Something specific, a memory, something you remember. Got it? Got it. Groovy. So here's the thing. So everybody listening along, this is where we like read the minds of thousands of people around the world all in one foul swoop. Um, the thing that you know really well, it can be taught. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes, of course. And so the, the, the other thing about that, so 97% of the time, or 93% of the time, I'm correct on that. That thing that we know really well, we can teach. Um, near 90% of the time, the second piece applies, which is that thing that you thought of that you could teach, you identify with that as part of who you are. Mm -hmm. I'm a podcaster. I'm an accountant. I'm a writer. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, and we'll, and we can talk about all sorts of things career related off of that, but okay. So I, I get the first question, right? The second question. It's got three tags to it. The first tag is it's, it's tagged with an emotion, love, lust, fear, hate, something. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Very second, much so. Thank you. The second tag is uh, you couldn't repeat it the exact same way twice. Yes. Yes. And the third tag is that you shared it with another human being, either by virtue of you did it with them or you later told someone, not on Instagram or Facebook, but eye to eye, you told someone about that experience. Yes. Yeah, cool. So I'm right twice. So here's here's why that matters and here's how, you know, in the in the second case is 97%. And and the reason I can read your mind like that and the reason that it matters is in the first part like I'd mentioned, the thing that we know really well that comes to mind, um it can be taught, so it's actually not that unique to you. It's something that hundreds, potentially millions of other people have too. But it's so right. central and core to who you believe you are. You've kind of taken the miracle of the uniqueness of yourself and bastardized it by by identifying it as something millions of other people have. Sorry. <laughs> so on the other side, what's fascinating is that what actually makes you outstanding, that, that space between performance on paper of things we can teach and judge and grade, and how we behave in the real world, which is really what determines success, is that gap is filled with personal experience. What makes you, you? That's what fills the gap. Mm -hmm. So we spend all this time in our lives focusing on learning more things and getting ready and acquiring and being something when you already are. And what's in the gap is the sum of your experiences. But here's where things either get really amazing or totally terrible. 
the older you get and or the more you identify with that thing that you are, the fewer experiences you expose yourself to that, uh, that contain high emotion and couldn't be repeated the exact same way twice and that you share with another human being, the less that happens. So the more you specialize, the less that happens. The older you get, the less that happens. So what tends to happen is, as you proceed in your career, you see people, more often than not, getting to this place where, and this is a quote from the book, it's like being stuck in the missionary sex of their career. Right? And there's a, there's a drawing. There's a drawing. There's, <laughs> there's, a, drawing. A, there's a great, great drawing there. <laughs> and, and I say it's decent, it counts, but it's hardly memorable. And so if you don't remember it, it doesn't actually form a part of your experience base in your mind. So you can't draw from it. No new ahas, no new problem solving. You get no good juju. Your, your, your mind, which most, most of us and most of the people listening to your show, we're, we're, we're mind workers. Yeah, our brains, that's our special sauce. Mm-hmm. But yet we treat it like we just toss her into neutral and let it run at a certain point. We stop Just feeding. coasting. Just kind of. Coasting. So like specialization and being very familiar, like this is what I know and I'm really, really good at it. It almost turns into like a box yes. that we get stuck in, like our, like our comfort zone. But cool. So here's the thing all over that I want to separate is that um, there are some people who are seeking safety, right? There's hunters and farmers. So there are some people who are like, I just want to know everything there is to know about this thing so I can always be right and know that I'm getting a paycheck and control everything I can control. And they arrive there and they take a deep breath and they're so grateful and they never want to leave and they never want to change and they're totally as happy as a pig and shit just right there. No, they are. They're Mm -hmm. just like, thank God I made it. On the flip side are people like us (laughs) who arrive there and go, okay, so now what? Because this is boring as hell. Like, is Good that it? <laughs> you know? I got it. But is this it? it? Everything becomes so intuitive and people you work with become boring. All of a sudden you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Did it, did it. Don't know it. You know, people come to you with problems. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know the solution. Right? What we're looking for, we love. We love choice. We don't like decisions. I don't want to have to like, because I already know the answer. This is dull. Challenge me. And so that's that piece in the middle that we're missing. I I totally agree. And you're writing your work. It's really directed towards people who would identify with with this. Like, I've made it. I'm successful. This is kind of predictable for me. It's kind of boring. On the outside, it looks really, really great. Uh, But there's that lack of kind of aliveness, the ability to, to choose to kind of stretch ourselves. But I'm all, and I'm also wondering, is, is there a point where it turns into like, Hey, this is working. Like your, you know, your business, your career, like this is all working. At what point do you d- differentiate where it's like self-sabotage where I'm just going to cool. mess with things and I'm just going to over complexify things. I don't know cool. if that's a word, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> word i know exactly what you're saying so two things out of that one thing i want to i want to pause because there's this misnote there's this belief that people are like oh i'm not successful enough yet this doesn't apply to me because i i haven't done it yes yes i want to 
speak to re- directly to everyone who has thought that in the course of this conversation so far and said, uh, and, and explain to them that success is not a thing, actually, it's a feeling. Because you've been successful a whole shit ton of times so far. I'm sorry, it's yeah. just swearing. I hope you have an E on your program. <laughs> um, right? You learned to ride a bike or you graduated something, or you got a badge, or and at that time, that was your goal. You just forget it, because you've already done it, and now it's boring. But that was success. And so as we age and aspire, we move success out always. We never reach it. That's just how we are. So to sit there and say, oh, I'm not successful, this couldn't apply to me, you're probably just hiding out because you, you don't want it to apply to you. You want to feel like this, you know, this tension, this like discomfort of pursuit is going to alleviate. But to the second point is that, yeah, you can get all these things rolling, right? My business is going great. My marriage is good. Children are good. I'm good. Things are good. But that only goes for so long before my mind starts to go, right, so now what? So you can treat that one of two ways. You can turn it back on itself and self-sabotage and destroy something so you can build it again. Or you can explore what it is that you haven't yet created or, or you know, got interested in that was always there that you, you kind of ignored for the benefit of the pursuit. And for me, that was uh, performance. I always wanted to be a performer. I knew that being an actress was highly unlikely given the fact that I was you know, not necessarily beautiful, couldn't remember my lines. Uh, you know, there's a whole host of things. And beyond that, I was shit scared that I wouldn't have very much money. And I'm a big fan of the money. So at first, I, I wanted to make a business where I'd make some money. Uh, and now that I have that, maybe I can look at this other arena. And so as opposed to turning back at ourselves and sabotaging the thing, what I'd encourage people to do if they feel like they've got, you know, all the pots are stirring and things, mojo's good. Do not become complacent there because you will be overthrown by yourself in one way or another. You will. That's a great way to put it. You know, choose how do you, how how do you overthrow yourself? It's always us that overthrows ourselves, whether it's through complacency or activity. Um, and I don't know this because I'm a knower or I'm like some guru person. I just know this because this is my life. (laughs) Um, and you and lived it, it. Well, and you know, here's the thing. I think in where we're in kind of the era we're living in this like little echo chamber of time, there are so many people out there being, uh, being really kind of holier than now and saying, you know, they know a thing because of something and, but they're not willing to actually be totally candid about how terrible it was when they didn't know. They're like, I know this thing, buy my course for $2,000 and I'll teach you how to know, you know, um, and, 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 and part of it is people who are successful oftentimes have a really hard time being honest about the pain of the success because it's not socially acceptable. It's like, eh, poor you, so sad, Yes. Yeah. you know? You got your undergrad. So sad for you. But the truth is, is that's usually where the most ambitious people have the greatest amount of pain is right after that. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be isolating. It's isolating and it's unmapped, 
right? Now it's up to you. And we're all looking for scapegoats. Wouldn't it be awesome for someone to be like, hey, okay, so, right, you do grade one, you do grade two, three, four, that, that, 12, undergrad. Yep, yep. Okay, now I enter my career and this, this, this. But at a certain point, either the hoops stop being put up for us or we get sick and tired of other people directing our life. But then it's on us, isn't it? Well, that's frightening. Mm. And this is really a place where a lot of people get stuck. How many people do I know where I saw them like they're catapulting, they're just killing it. They're following their dream. I'm envious. I'm looking at them. They're looking like they're just killing it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. You've been doing that and complaining about it for like three years. You're totally capable. You totally could change. But there's like there's a safety to who we are when we are that thing. And what if I change and it's not either I'm not as good at it or society doesn't like me as much or oh even worse, it turns out I didn't like it anyway. It's a bit like um, I talk about this in the book, this difference between lust and love, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's awesome to have a dream that you never pursue because it's a safe little dream. No, isn't it great? Mm-hmm. How terrible is it to like... You keep it like idealized. It's just a concept yeah. and it's just perfect when it's a concept. Yeah. To make it into reality, it gets messy. It gets... Your hands get dirty. Yeah. Like imagine imagine the most attractive person that you can think of. Everyone imagine the most attractive person that they know, that they're, that they're attracted to that person. Um. Now imagine that when you went to talk to that person, they actually turned out to be a total jerk face. Like, no, but like so just repressive and total, right? And you're like, oh, stink bomb. I spent all this time thinking you were just amazing, idolizing whatever it is about you or the dream or the idea. And it turns out uh, you're just okay we don't want to find that out about our dreams and our ideals. So a lot of us like to keep it safely at a, at a, un, you know, unreachable distance, mm-hmm. make it so big that we can't break it down into stuff I could actually start on today. Uh, and I totally get it because that's a safe place to be. I've got my place. I have my title and my thing, even though I don't love it. It's a little plateau right here. That dream is a little bit far off. Uh, then I can always talk about how I'm going to do it though feel good there feel terrible when the party ends and I'm driving home thinking about how it's been three years and I've not done it. You know, I was, I'm curious to, how do you, how do you address or how do you support somebody who is that way? They're like, I got the title. I figured it out. I'm making it. This is all uh, predictable. It's kind of, it's all in the realm of this is, this is what I know now. And I don't know, maybe, do you ever notice that it's tough for them to not know or like to to talk to somebody who knows something different than them or something beyond them? Like, oh, they hate it because it's super uncomfortable. Okay. So remember when I'm going to take us all back to being like, I don't know, 10. Um, so whether or not you're interested in the same sex or an opposite sex or whatever, you had a moment where you recognized those, those people and went, there's something curious about them. And you investigated it. And it took you a number of years to even get a clue and probably even more to get a few more clues, right? Um, You were nervous and afraid, but you did it anyway. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. At some point, whether it was between the time you were 10 and 25 and the same happened in your career, you were nervous, but you tried something. But somehow we get this notion like the more we feel, maybe it's maybe the right word is um, like we deserve to understand quickly or we're knowers or we're educated or we're intelligent or something. We've developed some proof of concept that we're better than our former selves. We expect ourselves to immediately understand a thing or pursue something without fear. And it's insane. <laughs> you know, as you're talking about that, what, what shows up for me is um, I've played guitar since I was 13 years old. And it's Ooh. almost like the the more years that pass by and it's uh, i pick up the guitar and i'm learning a new song or i'm writing a new song or some, something like that i expect myself to just sound pristine just right <laughs> I, I i expect that it's gonna come out just perfect one take work that's like it because i've done it for so many years right that's right and then go and apply that to trying something new so now you want to go rock climbing and you get to the rock climbing gym and you get like two moves in and you fall off the wall and you're like, this is I, rock climbing crap moat. Like, <laughs> I'm, no, right? I'm no good at it. How many but, times you try? Once. <laughs> but this is the point is we try it once. How many times did you try to learn to ride a bike? Once. <laughs> or walk. Learn how to learn walk. Learn to play the guitar? Once. <laughs> learn to do mathematics? Once. Learn to kiss a girl? Once. I don't know. Insert thing here. It was more than once. Is there... but we give everything such a short leash right because we don't want to prove whether we can or can't because isn't it great to stay right here in this known little area even though it's uncomfortable it's like the paradox of choice um is folding in on us it's just about the worst thing ever so here you know what if i can kind of switch it around into the positive here's how you get out of it um because it's easy to get there and get stuck in it. Again, I don't care if you just graduated from high school and you're wondering, what am I going to do with my life? And you're working at, you know, there's no record shops anymore. But let's pretend you were working at a record shop or a restaurant or whatever, and you're looking for a clue. You got your degree and the promotion. You're getting bored. Whatever, wherever you, you are. You just sold your company and you're wondering, how the hell do I even get started again? Um. What you don't do is make a grand declaration. It's what we normally do. Yeah. Right? Ah, that's it. I'm going to the gym every day. Or I'm, you know, only doing this thing. Or I'm registering to become a physician. No, that's the same kind of thinking that got you into this whole thing. Was declaring some grand ideal that's so big it's so easy to fail because it's so hard to get started. So what you do do is something really small and incremental that has those three elements to it that focus on bolstering your experience base. Because if you think you're going to get something new out of a bunch of old leftovers, which is all the stuff you've already been working with, then you're crazy. So backwards. Yeah. Like, but what? we all do it. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I've been like, okay, I'm pretty smart. I have a lot of experience. I know a lot of things. Uh, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait. It hasn't come to me yet. I'm waiting for the idea. I'm waiting for the moment, I'm waiting for the time. I'm waiting, like, I don't know, wait for whatever the, but adding no new ingredients to the mix. 
working on the same old fuel. Yeah. It's a wacky. It's the wackiest thing ever. And I can remember so clearly when I figured that out for myself, I was like, Kelsey, what the hell do you think you're doing? What was the circum like what was the situation? Oh, okay, so here's the thing. So I had I had all these clues, yeah? And 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 just based on like kind of thinking, well, I wonder if I wonder if this, I wonder if that, just how we always do, right? All these clues. And so I'm sitting on a plane, I'm flying uh, east to west. It was a five-hour flight. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to live by my words. I'm going to try something new today. And I'm just going to see what happens, this whole trying something new idea. And so I commit to I'm going to watch a a movie on the plane. I'm just going to close my eyes, roll my finger around over the screen, and press something, and whatever I get, I commit to. I don't even know what it's going to be. And so I do that. And you know how it's like you can pick a movie, you can pick a documentary, you can pick a love thing, you can pick whatever, and then you have to keep picking. So I do that, and I'm just like pressing, pressing, eyes closed, pressing. And I open my eyes, and it's a documentary about the progression in education from like 1958 to 1987 or something. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst. So – I wanted to just go back on it and be like, to hell with this. Just like trying one thing one time, being like, I don't like this. I already know I don't like this. Why am I wasting my time? What's this going to do for me? Or, you know, presupposing an outcome, all that stuff. Classic. So I'm like, all right. Nope. I said, I'm going to watch it. I'm watching it. So I watch it. And sure as hell, 40 minutes in, this woman, Mary Immortal Yang, comes on. And she talks about the connection between emotion and understanding and learning. And it was like a lightning bolt hit me between the eyes. And all of these clues that I had collected, these bits, small experiences, all these things, precipitated in having me clearly understand I had finally solved for the Y. You know, X plus Y equals Z. That X being that, that like traditional hoop jumping system that I was no good at. The Z being the results that I kept delivering and the life I kept creating and that why in the middle being like, how is it that this makes any sense? Why do I never feel like I've really got there? And it was, it was just such a a beautiful clarity moment that had I never really exposed myself to all these micro doses of, of experiences that gave me clues to this idea around experience and then had I never kind of followed through with my own teaching, I never would have actually got to the science that supported it. And it happens all the time now. Like you want an epiphany. Don't sit at your desk. Don't talk to the same people and read the same books and consume the same media. And Like, right. what are you talking about? You already know that's a terrible idea. But isn't it great to hide there? It feels productive. Looks great. I think this is, really, this is really wonderful what you're saying. Uh, and there's there's so much in the book about adding to your ingredients, like yes. st- stocking up on ingredients and you use that as a metaphor of, you know, you don't know when it's kind of all going to work together, when the dots are going to connect or, or whatever it is. But, you know, if you watch a documentary here, you go to a workshop that you probably wouldn't or read a book that you probably wouldn't or you just get patient with somebody and you realize, wow, there's actually something I could learn from this 
from this person or from this moment or the situation. You never know how that will synthesize and turn into that aha, like that that eureka moment. I think that's that's so powerful because we do. I mean, myself included. There's so many books that I've read over and over again. There's so many things that I've learned and relearned and seen over and over again. And there's definitely a value in that, but there's also um, you know, just from personal experience, seeing how everything is kind of integrated once you open yourself up to, to so many more uh, situations and circumstances. Well, 100%. And, and I know we're kind of approaching near the end, but I want to make this point really clear for people because the first thing we tend to do is to go to the really easy, safe spots and go, okay, I'm just going to expand out. You know, I so I'm in business. Uh, maybe I'll go to a new business conference. Okay. That's okay. Um, but what about instead of that, you consider going to an art show opening in your hometown. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about art and artsy people freak you out because they're kind of weird and they talk in languages you don't understand. And they're going to judge you harshly because you're not nearly as cool as they are. Uh, and all sorts of stuff comes up for you. But all you need to commit to is going to the art opening. It opens at 5 p.m., drinking a coffee looking at art, speaking to no one, and leaving. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to do. And, and, I, and the reason that I mentioned that to people is because we kind of tend to pivot only one degree when we do it, as opposed to pivoting, say, 90, but doing it in a, in a low-risk way. Like, what is the worst thing that can happen? Are, are the art people, like, going to go and get their bats and come after me? No. Maybe someone says, what do you think of that piece? And I say, you know what? I actually don't know much about art. I was just curious. That, part's, that part's really challenging for for me. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure for you, but like, because I feel like I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of person where it's like, um, mm. if I'm going to choose, you know, I'm, I've been working on that for a long time. Like me and my fiance talk about eating more plant-based and I feel, you know, I, I, I was plant-based for two or three years at one point and i'm just like well i'm okay with being like 80 90 percent whereas maybe 10 years ago it would be like it's all or nothing like very militant oh i agree Um, with you but then there's some areas like what you're talking about i'm like i'm exploring maybe i should practice uh brazilian brazilian jiu-jitsu but i imagine that this is going to be a year like years and years and years i'm going to commit to this thing as opposed to just like dip your toe in you know low risk like what you're saying so i find that kind of difficult and, and, and people will say, well, but I thought she said, don't just do it once. But here my, here's my point is that you're not actually, don't presuppose an outcome. Don't say, I'm going to do this because it does this for me. You don't know what the hell it's going to do for you. Don't mm-hmm. think you're so smart. <laughs> see what comes. Just yeah. observe, right? Witness it. Try not to judge it. Just witness it. That'll be a clue. And then you'll get another little clue and another little clue. And you may find that, yeah. Turns out I'm going to be the next, like, Jackie Chan. I have no idea. But if you go in with this kind of, like, hierarchical nonsense of already having had it figured out, I mean, you're kidding yourself entirely. You Go to an old folks home and ask a 95-year-old, any single one of them, pick one. Have you got it figured out? Do you know what you want to do with your life? Zero of them will tell you yes. Then they may tell you something about my life is about love or understanding or something like that. I'm going to tell you they have it figured out, you know, um, 
because I think at our at our deepest kind of truthful levels, uh, we're afraid to admit that no one knows what the hell they're doing. And we're all just seeking those moments where we feel like we understand. Well, I, I, I really love your insights and, and your message. It just feels so um, self-compassionate where you're kind of like accepting just the, the nature of, of how we are as well. It's very expansion oriented. It's, it's, it's very like, like grow, like be curious and be willing to learn and try new things and do things differently. Uh, I think that is, that is definitely part of what's missing for so many of us. It's kind of getting out of that, that routine to just refresh ourselves to, to gain new experiences. But there's this, this underlying uh, theme of future proofing that before we close off, I would love for yeah. you to expand on why that is so, so valuable. Cause I know, you know, in the, in the beginning of the show, you talked about, you know, if you were an accountant, maybe you'd be there for four to six years now. Well, like, and this is right? it. So future proofing is such a great way to, I mean, it's, it says so much, just those two words. Well, I think because so many of us want a prescription, I felt like in order to write the book, I needed to have the RX, like to do this, this, this. So I figured that part out. And then I thought, okay, so if I'm writing a prescription for something and it's predominantly me solving my own problem, hmm. who are my friends who have the same problem? And what is the problem exactly? And that's what led me to this kind of going down this road of understanding. Most of my friends are having this in part, you know, some of them because they reached a peak of success and but some of them, it's because they got disrupted out of their industry and they're thinking, now what? I'm stuck. How do I even get started? Spent all this time developing this career. And now, like in one case, AI took over for her. And in other cases, just like a plain robotics. And in other cases, just downsizing as a result of a shift in the market space. Mm -hmm. um, and this idea that, that we, again, become so kind of niche and hyper-focused on being great at one thing. And then maybe that thing isn't what anyone wants us to be great at anymore. And it's frightening because we all want to, you know, we're brought up in the paradigm of our parents where that's how mm. you did it. But we live in the paradigm of now, which is the opposite, actually. And so the idea of like adaptable learning, it's not so much what you know, it's how you think, yes. quite frankly. It's like your capacity to know. Well, exactly, because uh, so I did this gig a couple nights ago for Lean In, Cheryl Sandenberg's Lean In, and uh, one of the attendees put their hand up and said, um, so I have this and this and this degree and blah, 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 and, and so I think I'm safe. And I said, no, I can appreciate a lot. And they said, well, but I was thinking about getting my MBA. Do you think that would add a lot of value? And I said, I hate to break your heart, but you can Google that shit. <laughs> yeah. like don't think that getting another notch on your belt is actually going to improve your chances of longevity it's actually the idea that you would think of the fact you could google it you know uh -huh. who, who amongst that us is the greatest problem solvers you know and and problem solving just comes from curiosity and curiosity is born from activity and practice and I, it comes right back to future proof and this idea that gathering all of these little ingredients um, in micro moments in low risk times so that when the time comes, you have a battle chest, right? 
you don't even know what you're going to need it for. But it's a bit like MacGyvering your future. I don't know if you know who MacGyver is, but in the 80s, is a guy who like makes something out of 80 different random pieces and solve a problem. Um, and the same applies to our knowledge subset through experience and the things that we pick up. Um, and, and, and I think one of the greatest challenges for us is to not go into every experience or, or situation presupposing what it is that we're going to need and acting as if we already know the best piece to take out of it. Because I think most people, you know, in answering that second question, that memory piece, the thing that makes you uniquely you, that the first thing that came to your mind out of your whole life was that thing you thought of. Did you presuppose that was what was going to happen? Did you know that's how you were going to feel about it? Did you already understand what that was going to mean for your life before you got into it? And the answer is probably no. And so I think we steal opportunity from ourselves to become more of ourselves and, and develop more of our potential by going around acting as if we already know the outcome before we even engage openly. Super, but... super powerful. <laughs> Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the show. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Everyone, make sure to get your hands on Success Hangover, Ignite Your Next Act, Screw Your Status Quo, Feel Alive Again. I got it uh, same-day shipping. It was, it was such a wonderful thing. I de literally devoured it as soon as I got it. You could find Kelsey at KelseyRamsen.com and SuccessHangover.com. What's your final ask for the people who are tuning in today? Yeah, um... Here's the thing. Everyone's operating in a set of rules. Yeah. Whether it's imposed by wherever it is you live, uh, the government, the police, whatever the case may be. But uh, most of us have our own set of rules, things that we believe to be true about who we are and what we do. And in order to change something, we have to change something. So I would ask everyone who's listening to think of one rule that you're willing to break today, your own rule that you're willing to break. We can repair the rules. You can take it back. You can, you know, but what's the one thing that you believe is an absolute that you're willing to test and then test it? So, so amazing. I'm going to try that today. I, I got to sit with that one. I feel like so, that's, that's, a, that's a challenge. A, I'll give them a small example. So, he, so the, here's two easy breezies. These are like total bunters. One is. If there's a way that you drive to or from work or a train that you take, just don't go that way. Mm. Pretty easy. It's not hard. I guarantee you'll meet someone new, see something new, think something different. Pretty straightforward. Not hard. Um, That's a nice small way to get into it. Like maybe choose something different on the menu. Or like, totally. Yeah. That you otherwise wouldn't. Or, you know, wear an outfit that you otherwise wouldn't have because it feels like you're maybe a little bit over or a little bit underdressed. Or... You know, talk to a stranger. You don't even have to really talk to them, but at the stop, just be like, how's your day? They'll say good. They'll go, great. <laughs> then you can pretend to get off at the next stop if you're freaking, you know, whatever the case, but just break that rule that you believe about who you are, you know? And, and uh, that, what that brings up for me is like when, when we do those kinds of things, we become just, or in my experience, you're just so much more conscious and awake during those moments. It's like when you first start driving, you're just, your eyes are open. You can feel everything. You can see everything and everything's, you're just hyper vigilant, hyper aware. 
And then once you're like an experienced driver, it's just kind of like nothing. It's just kind of mechanical. But, you know, rolling down your window and saying hi to the the person beside you, that'll that'll really wake you up. Like you're you're, you're conscious. You're kind of you're alive in that moment. I like that. You nailed it. That's it. I love it. That's a great action item for us to get started with. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm holding you to it. Yes. Shoot her a message and let her know (laughs) at Kelsey Ramsden. Is that on Twitter and and Instagram and all that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Beautiful. Let her know what the experience was like and what you got from it. I'll do the same thing. Okay. All right, Kelsey. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the show. Thank you to Kelsey Ramsden for being with us. Make sure to follow her work over at KelseyRamsden.com. Grab a new copy of her book, Success Hangover, over at successhangover.com. You can also find it on Amazon. And make sure to keep up with her updates on Instagram. Send her a DM. Let her know the value that you got or some quotes that you got for uh, from the episode at Kelsey Ramsden, just her full name. As well, Art of Being is happening April 28th. So if you're interested in a unique conversation, a gathering that will open up your mind to new possibilities, I would love for you to attend. Go to olivermanalise.com forward slash events for details and tickets. Reinvention Roadmap is happening June 1st and June 2nd. You can find it at reinventionroadmap.ca. And this is the 10-step process that I use with my clients that will open up Uh, just clarity so that you can be able to see all the ways that you have created the success that you are and exactly how it actually limits you from what is next. As well, I want to talk to you about my one-on-one coaching practice. I work with overachievers to succeed without losing themselves. The clients I work with identify as high-performing leaders, but deep down, there is still something missing. They chase the future, but they bankrupt the present and they've worked so hard to make it. But when they finally made it, they realize that it wasn't it. So I work with my clients on three fundamental areas that are alignment, integration, and reinvention. So alignment is having your life work and your relationships be in harmony, be a reflection of your essential nature, your core values, your guiding principles, your true self integration this is being able to see and embrace and be complete with be whole with all parts of yourself this is your essence and your survival mechanism your past present and future self your light and dark self your higher and lower self integrating all parts reinvention so you begin to see how what made you the success that you are is the very thing that limits you from what is next in leadership in performance and aliveness so if any of this really resonates with you and you want to open up a conversation with me to see what working together would look like please set up a complimentary session with me at olivermanalise.com forward slash booking and if you do i really really am honored and look forward to seeing how I could support you. That's olivermanalise.com forward slash booking for a complimentary session. Finally, before you go, if you got value from the show or have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up over on the Instagram at olivermanalise or email me at oliver at olivermanalise.com. And if you would like to support the show, please rate and write us a review over on Apple Podcasts and help spread the word. Until next time, see you soon.